Welcome to episode 13 of Two Guys, One Dice Cup. And if I remember the title correctly, uh, Blood Bowl is bad for your elf. Did I get it right? Yes. <laughs> yes. My name is Al Goldeneye Unicorn, and with me, thankfully, once again is... Phil from Arash's Cairns. Yay, we got our names right. I keep that's thinking two, something's two, out of two so far. I keep thinking something's going to go wrong because it's episode thirteen. Da, da, da. Oh dear, yeah. I know, shocking. But we're not recording on the thirteenth day of any given month, so thirteenth <laughs> day of the month, yeah, it would be bad. We're not inviting too much. So, uh, welcome to unlucky or lucky episode thirteen. Blood Bowl is bad for your elf. So, Ricky Coaches, later on in the episode, we'll be talking about the Elf Union team, which was one of the which was the winner of the poll this month. Uh, what was the percentages? I can't remember. Uh, 52% for Elven Union and 48% for Undead. Shambling Undead. Oh, Shambling Undead. That's the second time the Shambling Undead have been up, isn't it? Um... No, necro- necromantic. 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 Okay, because I was going through my roster notes and I saw some sort of version of the undead uh, lying there. Yeah. But we'll get to them another time, I suppose. Um, but thankfully, we can uh, we can get straight into the guts of the podcast and we can talk about what's on the games front. And yeah. I, I think I started last time, so this is probably should be your honours this time, mate. Yes, I've played quite a bit online in the last uh, month or so. Um, So I think last time we chatted about, we were just coming up to the end of the League of Extraordinary Linemen Season 3. I think we only had one game left in that um, last time. Um, Mm -hmm. My last game was against uh, Space Gandalf. And... I think everybody would be happy to know, that apart from Space Gandalf, that I thrashed that little dwarf motherfucker three uh, nil in the end. Yeah. He got pumped, full on pumped. Um, I can't remember much about the game other than that I absolutely smashed him. Um, I don't <laughs> think I don't think the dice were particularly uneven. Um, no, in fact, they weren't. Uh, there was a, there was probably a few things here and there that didn't go well for mm-hmm. uh, for him, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fairly one sided. So that that happened, um, and then I finished in third that season, which wasn't too bad. Um, the overall season winner was uh, Stephen Brands with his uh, Demons of Corn team. Uh, yeah, he's he's my fucking nemesis now in the league alignment. You know of. I know that we've added a couple of new players to the coming league, but of all the sort of what was it seven seven players I played against, he's the only player now that I've never scored any sort of result against. Are you never beaten him? Nope. Every time I play Brands, it just shit hits the fan. As soon as I boot up the computer, I think it just hits the fan. It knows. Um, I've uh... beaten everybody. I've beaten everybody at least once. Yeah, you've been beaten by him three times out of three so far. Yep. What a prick. Anyway. He is is your nemesis. He is my nemesis, Uh, yeah. And uh, we we kicked off the season four last week as well, didn't we? 
In fact, what we did, just yeah. just just uh, just while we're we might as well tie up the league alignment stuff. So, how did your last game go in the in season three? Uh, look, last game in season three was not fun, uh, but it was funny <laughs> <laughs> for everybody that was watching and was online with me. Uh, so, I I had the last game against a player called Amroth, uh, who is what's he got again? Some sort of beastman. Uh, it's chaos chosen. Uh, yeah, so it's awesome. yeah. yeah, yeah, and I have got a good mental block on what happened in that game, but I know that he beasted me to death. Was it? Did I lose four nil? No, it was three nil. But yeah, you got three nil. You got yeah. bubbed as well. I got an absolute thrashing. And look, all credit to Brian. I don't. I can't remember any of the highlights or lowlights. Um. But the one thing that Brian did do was he took his foot off the gas and he was gentlemanly enough not to start fouling my players to try and pitch clear me. God bless his soul. <laughs> uh, you, you ended but, up... Uh, yeah, you ended up uh, playing... Where did you finish? You still ended up in fourth. Uh, no, no, you yeah. didn't. That's, that's this season. You ended up in second bottom last season. So you didn't end up bottom. No. I wasn't bottom. I mean, I got, what did I get, like, three wins, four losses, something like that? Uh, two two wins, five losses. But oh, yeah, right. I mean, so it wasn't anything yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> you still you still got two more wins than uh, Hipster Potter in uh, yeah. last place, uh, who only drew one game and lost six. So. Yeah, but it was, a, it was a rough, it was a rough season for the Elves, and we were circling the drain, and I thought, you know, I might just bend them off, but I decided... I decided to keep them going into season four, uh, and as luck and fate would have it, my first game in season four was against Amroth again, uh, so it was <laughs> a straight rematch, and thankfully this time uh, that game finished 2-1 to myself, and it was it was a, on balance, it was a quite an even matchup in terms of uh, both our team values, I had 50 grand to splash out on a babe because uh, I had one journeyman courtesy courtesy of the last game I played against them. Um, but there was just as much failure as success on both sides of the board. Um, you know, I was a little bit vocal on the call, not hissing, well, I was hissing and swearing a little bit about some of the failures that I had. But uh, by the end of the game, Amroth had had just as many failures at key moments, including uh, a failed uh, 2 plus 2 plus go for it, um, which was with his ball carrier, and I popped the ball, and I managed, I got the chance to recover that for one of my touchdowns. So I think it's not so much a redemption game, but it was it was a good balanced game where, um, you know, we didn't inflict mass amounts of damage upon one another, so we always had at least a minimum of nine players on the pitch each. Yeah, so it was, yeah. Good, it was a good balance game. I think his potato play uh, and the failure of that potato play uh, was what literally won you the game. Really, I think uh, yeah. it was def- it was definitely a much more balanced game between the two of you than the last one. So I, I watched yeah. both of them, and uh, yeah, you were railroaded in the one before. Um, oh, I told you guys in the one before. I I had stopped playing at one point, and I was cleaning up miniatures. Yeah, <laughs> and and it sounds, you know, to people listening, that might sound really childish. And as though I threw the toys out of the pram, but 
you know, you were an observer of that game, and there was fuck all I could be doing. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing you could have done any differently uh, that would have changed that game. Uh, if anything, it would have just ended up with you uh, doing more damage to your own team. So yeah, it was a, it was a, a nightmare. You yeah. didn't, I mean, you didn't concede, but you, you still did stuff, but uh, you weren't actively yeah. thinking through the game like you would be if you were in a tightrope situation. Um, no, you know, I mean, I would. I would let Brian play his turn. I would hear some noises and people would be getting splattered. And then I would raise my head for my turn, stand some players up, you know, find somebody that was going to get blitz, blitz them and then click turn over and then get back to, you know, touching up some little models on, on in real life. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty fun. quick at that point anyway because you only had maybe about three players on the pitch at the time. So. I know, I know. <laughs> so it was bad, bad stuff. So I think I my first my first game of the season was against uh, Huntley Loon. Uh, we've opened the season against each other twice now, um, and uh, this this battle of, of the tactics uh, ended up in a draw as well. So um, it was a, a pretty even game actually. I think mm-hmm. it started really badly for me. I got uh, a line woman killed uh, on the line of scrimmage. Uh, in my when I was defending against Gordon um, uh, by a thrown rock, despite me having plus fame, uh, so <laughs> that wasn't a great start. Uh, but then I I kind of really made him uh, work for it, and I think I had an opportunity to to take a one dice blitz on the ball carrier, mm-hmm. um, but then I failed my dodge out. Uh, got the dodge reroll, but then I didn't have the dodge reroll to cut the corner, so all I could do was base him, and he had a plus edge player, so he was dodging away on a two plus um, to score the next turn. But if I hadn't had to use the dodge, my plan was a one dicer against the uh, the sideline, um, just to make it more difficult for him. Um, and if I'd managed to push it off, I think if it had gone anywhere, really, it might have been better for me than not. Um, so, yeah, it was a tough game. I, I, I always like playing against Gordon because he's uh, it's a hard game. It makes me think. Um, so no, it was a good way to start the season. Um, outside of that, I ran a test tournament uh, for the Aberdeen guys. Um, I'm going to run Granite Bowl, which is the tournament that Al and I run uh, in real life. Uh, and haven't done for uh, well, it will now be two years. Uh, yeah, no, sad days, mate. Uh, but we, uh, I'm going to run an online version of that in June, um, and uh, I ran a wee test tournament called the Granite Pebble uh, last month for the Aberdeen guys. I think we had 16 players playing, and uh, that was that was quite good fun, and it allowed me to to kind of check out what was happening uh, in the. Uh, in the kind of tournament itself, just make sure it was working properly. Uh, I had an abysmal tournament um, with uh, Roxy, Build Amazons. I lost two and drew one. Uh, not not necessarily in a kind of, uh, uh, I was playing shit way. I think I got diced in both the games I lost. Um, at least it felt like that. Um, and Roxy was shit. Uh, for the entire tournament, so um, yeah, it didn't really kind of go as planned for me. 
That ended up being won by uh, McNugget, friend of the podcast, McNugget. Uh, and uh, his somewhat hilariously named, if I win, blame Phil, because I made him take the team uh, just because he was... <laughs> <laughs> just because he was being a, uh, be a, trying to be a, a flipping power game and edge lord, uh, I, I I called him out on it and said, "Oh, you need to take something that's not a tier one for a change." Um, and he took Tomb Kings after I suggested them, and won all three of his games like some sort of fucking penis. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he. Um, uh, what did he have? Who was he playing against? Let me have a quick a quick squadge. Um, he beat a, a double assassin uh, dark elf team build, which was fucking pointless. Um, but yeah, he beat them 1-0. He, he did luck out against uh, an orc team because uh, he left that right till turn 16 to win. Um and and the guy that was playing made him made him work for it really. Um, and then he won his last game against uh, what was that one? Chaos Dwarves. He played uh, Mike Rushby, um, Grumpy Maestro, uh, on the NAF. Uh, he played against him in the last game. That was a really good game actually. That that could have ended up in a tie, uh, but uh, Rushby couldn't couldn't make it work unfortunately. Um, and then McNuggs won the competition with he was on the same number of points as uh, as Huntley Loon but with a better um, net touchdown and cash score so it was good it was good fun it was a good chance to test the tournament out at the end of the day so Granite Bowl will be hitting in June at some point run over three weeks online on Fumble and that will be and Will that be? Are you going to make that NAF, NAF right? No, no, it's too much of a hassle. Um, okay, so I, it's just going to be enclosed within the Scottish community. Well, I mean, if other people wanted to play it, they could play it. I don't have a problem with that. Um, so, if they were desperate to play over that period of time, then just drop us a line, and I'll I'll send them the details. But uh, yeah, um, it's not it's not going to be widely open uh, to mm-hmm. the entire entire world as a NAF tournament so no um, outside of that um, I've played a bit on CCL and Blood Bowl 2 um, I started really well with Dwarves on that and uh, 1-3 drew 1 in my first 4 games mm-hmm. but then had about 2 or 3 really shit games uh, where literally everything seemed to be going wrong I think I'm sitting on 4-3-4 four, four or something like that now maybe so um, yeah, it, it, a bit of ups and downs in that, but I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of BB2. Uh, I think it's very swingy, more so than a fine fumble. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, well, that, as, we've, that's said, made, as that's, we've said before, in this current climate, you know, you're still getting to play some sort of blood bowl. So absolutely, yeah, and it's 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 useful to play outside the groups that you're playing in as well so I think uh, playing CCL is good for that from times when you're not um, I've been quite lucky I think I only had one guy who totally bitched out on me um, and uh, got a bit salty but uh, the rest the rest are, have been really fun games um, even if I was losing so 
and uh, stand-up opponents. So no, only one concession outside of the really salty person uh, mm-hmm. where the person didn't even get into the game. Uh, I think they just decided they didn't want to play me. <laughs> and I just quit after uh, before the game had even loaded up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, that, but that's it. Um, it's been it's been a bit a bit ups and downs on that one. But yeah, that's it for the the online gaming, and obviously still no in person gaming. How about yourself outside of the League of Linemen? Have you been doing anything else? No, just this normal sort of Catan gaming that I mentioned um, on a Monday night. There's no real points sort of getting into that, but I've I've won more than I've lost, which is always good. Um, and I get to frustrate all my opponents by you know doing sneaky stuff. Which um, drives them up the wall, which again is good fun. So, but no, no other, no other gaming of any type. So onwards and upwards. That's not bad. What's the next section then? Should we go to that? Um, oh, so that's that. on what's on the table. What's on the table? Yeah. What's on the table? What have we been, been painting, building, and what have we been buying? Ah. Yeah, I know. I, I, both of us kind of said to each other that we wouldn't buy lots of stuff, but I know both of us are absolute fucking liars. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I know you've been really busy on the table this uh, this time round. So, uh, tell us what you've been up to, Mister Unicum. Best endeavours from last episode. I said I would have the Imperial Nobility team finished. They're finished. Um, I'm I've yet to get the, you know, as I've mentioned, and you know, listeners will. Well, know that I'm still sort of getting set up in a new a new house, so I don't have my um, photography light box section set up anywhere yet. So I haven't been able to take any good good photographs of them um, to post online. But they're all they're varnished and done, uh, and I'd forgotten <laughs> I'd forgotten how many models I actually had. I've got fifteen actual team models plus a star player so when I get round to selling these there will be 16 miniatures plus associated tokens and ball markers and stuff um, yeah. so that was pretty cool and yeah that's pretty good I know you've seen them um, I know I've posted a couple of pictures on my my own um, paint and blog brushwork miniatures but uh, I think the only criticism you cast was the the groin plate I've painted. I've got the Scottish flag emblem on all the miniatures somewhere, and some of them I've got it twice, and the the second time is on the groin plate. You weren't a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of doubling it up. I quite like the um, one or one or the other, uh, but mm-hmm. um, on the ones where it was on uh, twice, that that was the only thing. But I mean, that's personal taste, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, um, it's not it's not a critique on your painting or anything like that it's just uh more a case if i i wouldn't i wouldn't have repeated it uh myself but yeah i mean they look great otherwise um yeah look, perfectly, perfectly good for our first project back after such a long time not painting i am very happy with them um will i be sad to see them go when i sell them no no they were they were always going to be sold, and they always had a purpose. Um, I just hope they go to somebody that'll get to play games with them at some point in the future. Once we're all back to normal, normal life. Um, Did you paint the ogre as well? Yeah, yeah, got an ogre. So, oh, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen the ogre pictures. 
Lukas, he's there, but it's, um, yeah, there was a few conversions because I got some extra miniatures uh, so that you can field, you know, all the, oh, whatever the fuck they're called, blitzers and yeomen and peasants and I don't fucking know what they're called, mate. We haven't talked about Imperial Nobles yet, have we? No, we haven't, but they're not called yeah. the Bretonian team, uh, names anyway. So. Yeah. That is, that's, but yeah, that's, for all intents and purposes, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so, what else have I done? I have built uh, and cleaned up the Dark Elf team that I'm painting up for uh, a gentleman in Dundee. I'm sick of saying his name because he, he gets too much airtime. He does get a lot of airtime. Yeah. So, he's just the gentleman. So, I've got those all um, built based and undercoated as a as a pledged and something that I mentioned we we spoke you know a couple of nights ago for some random random thing and uh, we were talking about a lot of painting and I'd mentioned to Phil that before I start painting these miniatures I've got a test bust that I've made and it's just the torso head one arm and one shoulder pad of a chaos space marine um, it's something that I used to do a lot um, when I played Warhammer 40,000. I would do little test busts of different colour schemes for Space Marine and Chaos Space Marine armies that I was thinking about doing. And instead of painting a whole model to see if I liked it, I would just paint that sort of torso, head, shoulder pad because that gave you enough of a feel of can you repeat this colour scheme, you know, 50 or 60 times over over um, Space Marine models or, you know, models that are well armoured. And I've got a colour scheme in mind that I've discussed with, with the gentleman in Dundee, but I just I want to test it first, just to see if I'm happy with the process uh, and get a bit of a line-up of, of the paints I need to do it. So um, I'll be painting that test bust uh, pretty soon. And then... Another little thing I found while I was painting the Imperial Noble team, uh, every couple of nights I would get a bit of a, oh, be a bit of a downward slump. I was really peaking and troughing, uh, painting them. You know, for a couple of nights I'd be firing along, and then one night I would have a bit of a slow night. And uh, I realised I never had a, a second little side project on the go. So, to in anticipation for doing the Dark Elf team. Uh, listeners will remember way back when uh, I'm a big collector of Babylon 5 uh, miniatures and card games and, you know, I'm a big fan of the, the TV show in general, but I've got quite a large collection of Babylon 5 Wars miniatures. It's a spaceship game that they did. So I've dug out uh, a bunch of those models um, that are surplus to my requirement because I bought lots of job lots from people and you know there's lots of fucking smash that came along with it. Um, so I've built up about a dozen little um, fighter aircraft, fighter craft, and I'm going to paint them up on the side, uh, and they'll also just be for sale because they're surplus to requirement. And if anybody is super nerdy and interested, they are a Frazzy, Narn Frazzy class heavy fighters from the Narn regime. If you're super nerdy, I want to know. And I've got a dozen of them. I think that's all I've done. That's all I've done painting and building. 
And now it's time for the financial confession. (laughs) (laughs) I am super sure, as I always do at the end of last episode, I said, I'm not going to spend any money. I don't need anything. It's all good. It's all fine. I have spent £71 and a couple of pence uh, on stuff. And I'm not sorry. So uh, one thing I've bought is the new Blood Bowl um, Death Zone, the Ultimate Blood Bowl Companion book. So there's 20 odd quid there, including postage from a, a you know, local, not a local, um, from a, a third party supplier. Uh, should we advertise people that we buy from? I think I've already done it. I before. think if uh, yeah, I think if we've, if we've had good experiences or horrendously bad experiences, yeah, why the fuck not? Yeah, well, I I bought from Element Games for my Death Zone book, and they delivered um, on the Saturday, so it was the day after release, or was that the day of release? Day of release, it would be in the shops on Saturday. Yeah, so. yeah. So it came out in the shops on Saturday, and it and it came through my door on Saturday afternoon, so. Can't fault them there. Uh, I now last episode again. I moaned about there was a guy on the bolt action sales pages that did his monthly sale. Well, fucking, would you believe it? He did another monthly sale last month. Uh, so damn it, he got me again. <laughs> oh, <prick. laughs> That's amazing. Absolute prick because he just he had he had two things that I wanted, and they were actually he had two of the same thing I wanted. Because uh, I'm back to Kickstarter. I've moaned about the Kickstarter. If people want to hear about it, just read or um, listen to our library. Um, so I've got two blisters of models of him. They're the, oh, for the World War II enthusiasts, if there are any that listen to us, it's the German motorbike half track. It's called a Kettenkrad. Uh, it's got basically tank tracks on the back and it's a motorbike front and blah 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 I needed two of them I got that uh, my other bolt action seller uh, Weldon Tabletop Games uh, he's, a, he's a good guy and I'm, I'm trying to I, I put a lot more in my business his way than anywhere else but he decided he was running a promotion on his shop if you spend £20 uh, We'll put your name in a raffle to win a £20 box set. It's like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to do that too. So I splashed, I think it was like £26 on him, getting some French resistance uh, models to use as Soviet peasant infantry. I won't bore you with it. They listen to a bowl icon podcast and I might be there and I'll bore you with it there. So that was that. Uh, oh fuck! The list keeps going on, but they're all small sales. There was a there was a eBay lot for seven Arabian um, MDF uh, houses scenery. Uh, okay. They were all laser cut, and um, for for bolt action again, and uh, it was like seven pounds forty five was the starting bid, so I bid it. And I won it. Like, for fuck's sake. And that included postage. Like, okay, I'll take that. Thanks very much. Um, Oh, no. Uh, I just bought some random paint supplies. I needed a new metal palette for my oil paint. Uh, And I needed some new um, pipette droppers. 
for transferring um, uh, the thinner, the turpentine white spirit Aye. thinner and stuff. So I needed some new new bits of that as I because I remembered I threw the the last stuff out and the big clean up and the big move. I think that's it. That totaled about seventy one pounds, and that's on a month when I said I'm not going to spend any money. That's a lot of fucking stuff. Well, <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but everything was quite low. The biggest expense was the book. The biggest single item expense was the book. You know, the blisters were all like seven or eight pounds each. You know, the three houses were seven pounds forty nine, including postage. The dropper bought the dropper pipettes were like two quid. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot. It's I've made it sound like a lot, but I was just going into the the detail of it because um, I said to the listeners that I wouldn't spend any money, and I'm a fucking liar. Yep, filthy liar. Yep, that's me. I sold a lot of stuff. I sold a lot of junk online, though. Can't remember. Feels yeah, well, you, you probably ended up getting close to what you spent back anyway, I guess. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad, bad oh, place to be. No, fuck. I forgot. The big one. I, I splashed out and pre-ordered my 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's definitely should, you should have mentioned that one. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's a yeah, pricey purchase. Um, Splashed out and pre-ordered my 3D printer. I went for the Elegoo Saturn and a big curing station. I so that was 450 pounds, including postage. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that counts until it gets delivered. Uh, I don't know if you paid, for, if you've paid for it, maybe. No, uh, I've paid for it. I've paid for it. The money's left in my bank account. Amazing. All that you said you weren't going to spend a single penny. I know. Penny. I know. Uh, go on what, what we you like take over you take over um, liars man. absolutely on the painting front um, uh, my, my painting mojo has had a bit of an up and down this month um, a, a tiny bit of an issue with um, the Grebo Black Orc team that I've got and that I'm getting some I think it's um, uncured resin seeping out of some seams uh, on some of the players which is keeping the paint fairly tacky and rub, rubbing mm-hmm. it off. See, it's only got a couple of the players so far, but I mean, I haven't painted a lot of them. So on my list of things to do, uh, I'll be having a, I've tried a few, uh, quite a few different things so far, but I'll be maybe giving Grebo a shout uh, to see if they've got any suggestions. Um, I've found them very approachable uh, if there's any problems uh, generally uh, on stuff. Um, and the guys that run the, the uh, company are 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 really nice. So um, I'm sure I'm sure they'll have some sort of chat or idea of what I can do with that. Um, so I haven't really painted any any of them. And in the meantime, I mean, I still wanted to paint. So I picked up um, viewers who listen, were listening last year. Uh, may remember me viewers, listeners, listeners who were listening last year may remember me buying. Uh, Marauder Giant um, and I started painting that and then ended up kind of just running out of steam with it because I was struggling to think of what to do with a, a lot of the panels uh, to make it kind of stand out a bit uh, but I ended up mm-hmm. trying different things so I did uh, a tartan pattern um, which was my first go at tartan which came out okay I was pretty happy with that um, I 
couple of striped patterns and different colors and a polka dot pattern as well so yeah it was a it was a bit of a bit of a palette cleanser i think um so I'm, I'm not far off finishing that in all honesty i've got um i've got maybe highlights on the metal and a couple of panels to do and then the club that's about it really and then base it uh so i'm, I'm quite chuffed with that so I'll, I'll definitely finish that by the time the next podcast rolls around yeah other, other painting stuff wise no i've not really done anything but i mean i, I like you i said i wasn't gonna buy anything substantial uh this month and lied my fucking arse off so <laughs> i'll start reeling off the shit i bought this one um okay. i bought like you i bought the death zone book um I, I which we should tell listeners we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about in a little while. oh yeah yeah i will talk about that at the end of, uh towards the end of the podcast yeah. because there's some cool stuff in there um yeah. On the flip side to that, I decided against purchasing Spike 12 because uh, there was nothing in that really that made any sense uh, for me to purchase, given the rules were in the rule book, and I wasn't that fussed about the fluff, so I gave that one a swerve. Um, saved myself five quid or whatever it is digitally. Um, what I did end up buying else outside that was... Um, so I bought... The a couple of more a couple more giants popped up that I hadn't got from the old GW mm-hmm. Ridge on uh, I think it was Old Hammer Miniatures, uh, which is a Facebook group. There was a guy selling the two giants of Albion, um, which are oh, uh, those are the, the really skinny, skinny, skinny ones, gangly ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I got I got them. I picked them up uh, off him. Uh, they're painted, but they need a. They need. Well, I'll be stripping them uh, and painting them myself at some point. But yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've kind of held off buying those until I could find them for a decent price because they are not cheap to buy secondhand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they quite regularly shift for in excess of a hundred, hundred fifty quid on uh, eBay for the pair. Um, I got them for quite a bit less than that because they were missing the add-on weapons, which I wasn't that fussed about, and the druid that that, come, that came with them, who I also didn't need. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Um, I bought the... Um, I got... So I picked up Blood Bowl Team Manager, the card game, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I think I maybe mentioned that. But I ended up getting the Sudden Death expansion for that. Cool. That's really good. Really yeah. good expansion, mate. Um, and I'm still keeping an eye out for the foul play one, uh, which is a bit more hard to come by um, as well. And then that'll be me having all of that. I also got. Oh god, it, it keeps coming, Al. It keeps coming. I know. Um, I picked up the Starblood Stalkers. So that's the Seraphon um, Underworld Warband. So that's that. I said I was going to buy that potentially, and I ended up buying that. Um, what else was there? Um, a couple of paints. I ended up buying the same paint twice because mm-hmm. my desk was really un, uh, untidy that particular day, and I couldn't find 
<laughs> and then as soon as I as soon as I tidied the desk, uh, like the day I got the the, the box with uh, the uh, the stuff in it, I found the paint. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! So what was I've, it? I've got, what paint uh, was it? Wild flesh. Uh, so just a, a green. Not that I've not got like six or seven different shades of green anyway, but yeah, and I've got two unopened pots of that uh, sitting on my desk. Um, Outside of that, oh, a uh, couple of things. So I picked up, um, I was having a chat with uh, Jaybone um, on his, uh, uh, on Twitter. He posted something up about uh, a paint stripper. Um, mm-hmm. Now, um, those of you who know me in real life uh, know I work in environmental stuff. And um, if I can find something that's fairly environmentally friendly when I'm doing something, uh, that's generally the way I'll go. And paint stripper is one of these things that generally isn't. But there's this company called Unto the Breach, who did this product called Paint Blitzer. This is a bit of a product endorsement. Uh, uh, I should uh, should add that uh, that I bought this. I wasn't given it. Um, so I ordered this Paint Blitzer stuff um, based off uh, seeing what uh, the output of uh, Johnny's. Uh, paint stripping shenanigans on metal and it seems to work really really well so I'm, I'm going to give that a go um, I've got a couple of older miniatures I'll, I'll probably strip including those giants so I'll give that a go what else did I buy oh I ordered Bellacore as well the new Bellacore oh. model oh. it is fucking awesome oh. I'll, I'll pose the same thing is the money left your account for it Yes. All right, then it counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and not content with uh, doing the whole uh, uh, sh- take my money uh, sort of shenanigans with that, uh, with GW. GW also announced a new Lord Croak model uh, in the last uh, week. I don't, I don't know when it's going up for order, probably in the next couple of months, I'd imagine. And uh, no doubt I will end up buying that because it looks awesome. Uh, so, yeah, cool. I think that's about it. Uh, I wouldn't like to to give you a total for how much I've spent, but uh, it's probably quite a bit more than you have. Out with the out with the printer. The yeah, printer well, look, it. I, I I would always argue that the printer was always a cost that was going to happen, as it's a a project for the year. Yeah. So it's not an expenditure that we should. I think counts. So I, I'm, I want to stick to my 70-odd quid because the, the forecast delivery for this printer is like the end of June. Um, Aye. You know. That's, that's so, ages away. Exactly. It's ages away. And I always, I always plan not to, to get it until, you know, that time. And, and when they said the forecast delivery date is around that time, it's like, well, that's good. That's when I want it. Yeah. I don't want it now. I don't want it next month. One to fucking June, June or July. So I don't think I don't think I've bought anything else other than those things, which is quite a, a large amount for having said I wasn't planning on spending much for the month. But um, yeah, yeah, um, I'm quite happy with the stuff I've got. Yeah, that's, um, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm happy with the stuff I've got. I've got little project piles building up all around me. Um, and I'm I'm painting other stuff. 
that's the thing. I've, all that stuff I bought, I'm not painting it, I'm not building it, I'm not touching it. Uh, I yeah, looked, looked, at it went, looked at it and went, fuck yeah, that's cool. Onto the pile. Yeah, the, pile, the never ending, uh, never depreciating pile of shame. Yeah, all good, mate. But with that being said and done, we can save our lies for the best endeavours at the end of the podcast. So <laughs> everybody should um, stay with us so you can hear myself and Phil lie some more. Uh, and you can laugh at us in episode 14. Yep. But now we get to progress straight into the rookie coaches section. And tonight we're going to be doing a deep dive into the Elf Union team, which I have to say, uh, putting my own roster together, I really enjoyed yeah, I. It was a weird one. I. It's not a team. It's not a team I consider playing as very often. Um, and there was. We'll get into build uh, further uh, further into the rookie coaches section, but there was a particular build that tended to get kind of chucked in for tournaments all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an interesting. It was an interesting one for me thinking about outside the box with that and. Uh, what what we could do and um, and stuff um, and with the change some of the changes in costs and stuff like that which we will go into made it a little bit more challenging I think yeah um, so as as always for our rookie coaches and listeners myself and Phil um, put together two rosters each one for tournament play and one for league play and uh, we do not discuss them beforehand. We present our teams to one another on the podcast and you guys get to enjoy our um, natural reactions, uh, shall you say, uh, to hearing them. And as a reminder again, for the tournament rosters, we base our um, roster builds off of the NAF Championship, currently the NAF Championship 2020 rules pack, meaning that these guys came in at Tier 2. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be discussing the um, the league teams first. Yeah, uh, I think you read out the. Oh no, I read out the roster last time. Uh, the the team positions last time. So I had to go through the goblin team, didn't I? Yeah, that really sucked for you, didn't it? Um, yeah, so, so it's definitely it's, your turn. <laughs> definitely my turn. Okay, let's. I like doing it partly new skill, partly modern with the laptop open. Um, but I also like having the the book in front of me. So just bear with me while I get to the page. So page 113. Wow. Oh, wow. How trippy is that? 113, episode 13. Oh, is it on 113? It's on page 113. Trippy man. So Elf Union team. So... Reading through the positionals and their stats. So linemen are 0 to 12. They cost 68,000 gold pieces. Move 6, strength 3, AG 2+, plus, pass 4+, plus, armor 8+. Plus. They start with no skills. Primary skill access is agility in general. Secondary skill access is strength. Then throwers are 0 to 2. And they are currently 75,000 gold pieces. Move 6, strength 3, agility 2+, plus, passing 2+, plus, oh, oh, oh. Uh, armor value 8+, plus, and they come with the pass skill. 
their primary access is agility, general and passing, and secondary is strength. Then you've got zero to four catchers who rock in at 100,000 gold pieces each. Nice big movement eight, strength three, agility two plus, passing four plus, armor value eight plus, and skill-wise they come with catch and nerves of steel. Primary access is agility and general. Secondary access is strength. Then blitzers are zero to two, and they pitch in at 115,000 gold pieces each. Movement seven, strength three, agility two plus, passing three plus, which was a uh, pretty cool. Armor value nine plus. Block sidestep are the skills that they come with. Primary skill access is agility in general, and secondary skill access is passing and strength. Team rerolls are 50,000 gold pieces each, classified as tier 2. Their special rules are based upon the Elven Kingdoms League, and of course, they get access to an apothecary. So yeah, a cu- couple of changes in there from uh, from the previous uh rules so uh throwers have gone up by 5k and blitzers have gone up by 5k mm-hmm. um which on the face of it doesn't sound like much but when you're trying to build a team i think it does definitely have a bit of a knock yeah, on it has effect. an impact and it did have an impact and i think one of the nice things about this team is that there's three players in here that have pretty well there's two that have got pretty damn good synergies the thrower and the catcher with the two plus passing on the thrower and the nerves of steel and catch on the catcher. Yeah. Catcher got a two plus. I mean this this is the team uh that passing is designed for, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um and I don't know. Uh who goes who's gonna go first on the rosters? You, oh, mate, you just never... you just talked, so I think it's probably my turn to go yep. the, that one. Yep. So, so starting off with our league rosters, uh, yeah. standard league, uh, you get one million gold to spend. Yes. And as the rookie coaches all remember, but for any new listeners that are tuning in on episode 13, uh, once we talk through our rosters, we'll have a quick discussion on skill development. And we usually try and uh, talk about our skill development based upon a reasonably short league of sort of five five or seven games that that's that's usually what we do phil isn't it yeah pretty much yeah yeah so crack on with your with your team please yeah so i mean i i find this a bit more tricky than uh than a, a lot of teams i thought well how, how would i build this um and i think yeah i went with two blitzers you need two blitzers uh they're they're great players in this instance so two of them so that's 230k um i went with two catchers for 200k and then Mm -hmm. one of the bits i changed because i mean previously i probably wouldn't have bothered with the thrower um but i ended up maxing out on them as well so taking two of them for 150k five line yeah five linemen and two rerolls, so taking that up to 980. So 11 players, two rerolls. Um, yeah, 
for 980k. Wow. Okay. Um, look, I'm not too far away from yourself. So my roster is I went for the two blitzers. I think bang for your buck, these guys are the fucking business. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, move seven, pass three. They've got the good armor, block side, block and sidestep. Yep, I'll have two of them. Can't leave home without them. Um, I picked up, I went for one thrower. Yep. Two catchers, five linos, two rerolls, and that totaled 965,000. Yeah. So I know that we, we start talking about what our progression is from there. The reason I left a little bit more in the bank is I want to pick up an apothecary after my first game. Yeah, I think this is one of these teams that needs an APO ASAP yep. with the, yep. the uh, with the AV being so low across the board, uh, and there's and not having the, um, the some of the skills like dodge and stuff like that on the team mm-hmm. um, early on. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a challenge that, um, but yeah. I, I can see no. Uh, there, there's definitely a reason why you would go the way you, you've done it, and and I would go that way as well. I just fancied having uh, two of the throwers uh, purely just in case somebody decides to uh, destroy one of my throwers and early on in the first couple of games. Yeah. Because um, I think I think the synergy with the throw uh, and the uh, thrower and the catcher is just amazing. You know, they, having that nerves of steel, um, which is going to give you, a, like I say, it's a two plus two plus, and then a two plus dodge to get out of the way if somebody's mm-hmm. not put somebody in the or at worst a three plus dodge. Um, and like the catchers are amazing, like move eight, strength three. Yeah, I just, I just, I think the synergy's synergy's great. Yeah. Uh, and that's the reason when I was putting this league roster together, I was really excited by the abilities that you sh- we should be able to build. And um, do you what do you want to talk about your skills first for for the rookie coaches listening? Like what yeah. would you be what would yeah. you be working on first? So I think like early on, dodge is going to be a big thing uh, for me. You know, like across the board for most of the positions. I think blitzers getting a blodge stepper after your first skill up is is great you know it's such an annoying piece uh and then if you if you're racking up star player points with those um you can easily start looking at uh at tackle or strip ball or even leap uh at the second second skills for those guys um catchers i think i would give dodge ahead of block early on because you are going to be doing that dodging with them um, with them having nerves of steel focal base them up quite regularly so being able to dodge away with a built in reroll is great but I think I would probably give them block as a secondary skill um, if I if I got to the point where I bought three uh, a third catcher um, I think I would probably give one of them wrestle rather than block and uh, use it as a utility sweeper with them having such high movement and being strength three that they're pretty handy yeah um, Thrower, I think once again, yeah, I'd be pretty tempted to give that dodge uh, for repositioning purposes. Um, the lineman, 
I think I'd have a couple where I would go down the route of wrestle. I think maybe, um, but I think predominantly dodge on them as well. Uh, once again, for repositioning, I think it would depend on what the the makeup of the uh, the team, the, the league I was playing uh, in was. Um, if there was a lot of teams with block built in at the start, I'd consider wrestle really. I think more than dodge, but. Um, yeah, either either way for that, and I think I'd be tempted to build one with, as a kick piece as well, mm-hmm. uh, having the speed of the catchers um, and being able to sort of move that ball. Um, yeah, kick and a and, and a blitz result would be would be fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I would go for the first kind of range of skills. I mean, I know that's fairly boring. Uh, but I think this is the team that really benefits from dodge because dodge is going to be the dodging is going to be where you're going to burn those two rerolls, and the quicker you can get so that you've got built in for that for the players that need it, the better I think because yep. you're going to make your blitzes and blocks your pr- primary blitzes and blocks with your blitzers. You're, so they've got a, a fail safe on there. Um, your throwers have got pass already, so that's a built-in reroll for the thing that they're designed to do. Yep. And your catchers have got catch, which is what they're designed to do. So it's only really movement that's going to let you. Uh, sorry, repositioning that's going to let you down. So that's that's why I went very dodge heavy across the team. How about you? Well, as uh, as previously mentioned, I would be looking to buy an apothecary. Mm-hmm. Within, after my first game, I've got the money there. I would assume I'd be able to get it after the first game. Uh, I don't think... Yeah, if I didn't have to replace anybody and I wanted to go to 12 players, I would probably go for the second thrower. Maybe. But I would be more edging towards a third catcher. Um just so that I've got better movement. And in my head, I would be building a rock star elven thrower. Like, just, I'd just be piling on the star player points to him as well as I could. But, uh, first skills on the blitzers, uh, you're absolutely right. Both would get dodge as soon as possible. You know, block dodge sidestep. They're going to be a fantastic piece for, um, moving around the board. Uh, secondary skills uh, would be tackle and um, strip ball for them. Uh, and I guess we should talk about the skill progression as a, it would all be planned. I wouldn't be taking any random random skill roles and I would not be saving up uh, to spend anything on secondary, secondary skills. I'd keep yeah. all the I keep all planned, all planned progression on the primary skill tree. For the thrower, um, I, I'm, I'm always nervous of re-rolls, so I would be looking to give him sure hands as a first skill, and I know he's got agility too, and it's like, but yeah, fucking one's happened. Uh, uh, absolutely. More often than not, so I, I'd, I'd be wanting to play safe with sure hands. And if I got the chance to get a second skill on him, it would be block. The reason for that would be 
if the passing game didn't work with the catchers, he would be the ball carrier in a cage. And with short hands and block, I would say he's as safe skill-wise as he could be because um, your opposition will be sending in you know, strip ballers and tacklers to bring people down. So really the only person you've got to worry about is a wrestler. And at, at least at least if it's a wrestle, then both pieces are going to be on the deck. So I know that's, that's small mercies, but that would be the backup plan for the, the thrower. The catchers, uh, whoa. see, I'd, I'd be playing it. I'd, I'd go a little bit riskier with them. And I would get one, one of them would get sprint as its first skill. And I think the other one, what did I write down? Oh, far out. I didn't write anything down for the second one. I must have been in two minds, but one of them would get sure. Uh, one of them would get sprint and then dodge as a secondary skill. And when I look at it, the other one would get sidestep and block, so that they act as two very different pieces. Yeah. And oh yeah 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 because if you um because if you've got sprint then potentially that's movement eleven, and I think. There's some sort of ability to do a one-turn, one-turn touchdown with all the pushes. If it's, oh, I mean, if it can yeah, definitely. With, move, with movement uh, eleven, yeah, you can definitely do it. I mean, yeah. you can do a one-turn touchdown with the right setup with a movement six team. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it greatly increases the yeah. uh, the um, the likelihood of it happening. Yeah. So it adds, adds that element in, and then yeah. cruising down with the elf lineman. Look, if any of them get a skill, um, I think you mentioned you mentioned kick. Yeah. Yep, I'd give one of them kick. You know, rookie coaches that have listened to our previous podcast will hear us talk about, I think, have we ever referred to them as sort of the ancillary, ancillary skill, auxiliary skills? Yeah. You know, so somebody would get kick. Another lineman would get wrestle. Uh, you know, just these little skills that will... You know, in the right situation, they would pay off. Um, obviously, once again, sadly, I'm never going to save up the star player points for any sort of um, a stat uh, stat increase. It's not worth it. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you with that. You know, I I mean, a couple of uh, the um, the teams might benefit from um secondary skill choice accent but this this one's not really one of them i mean you could yeah. probably argue a case for for saving up for secondary for mighty blow on one of the blitzers uh that was a common double that people would take in mm-hmm. uh, bb 2016 for for them or guard for one of the catchers or something like that but i think with what you've got built in and what, what we're discussing here in terms of stuff isn't wildly out with the realms of, uh, of reason, you know. I think I I would consider just going down the the primary skill tree for pretty much everything like you. Yeah, I can, and, and and the plans, nothing random, no rolling random skills. Just keep it all no, planned. No, no. I think for the catchers, I mean, my my overall build is probably going to end up very very similar to you. Um, 
and that I would look to give one of them a sprint further down the line as well, um, probably as uh, as a secondary skill. Um, uh, sorry, as a second skill, um, yeah. and then, but I think because I mean, very, very, very much, very much the nature I feel with elf teams is you're not going for contact, you're repositioning and moving away from the player, so you're, you're minimising blocks against yourself. You might only be hitting the team once a turn, but you're trying to stop them from hitting you more than once a turn as well. So that's why I, that's why I kind of went more heavily down the dodge route. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Like with a thrower, I, I I can see an argument for given. So I've got two. So I would consider given one dodge, one block, or or what have you. And yes, sure hands would probably be, if not a second skill or a third skill, uh, on on both of them, or at least one of them. Um, just purely because uh, of the reason that you stated. I mean, you're going to come up yeah. against somebody who's got strip ball at some point and um, somebody who's got tackle at some point as well. So block and um, um, sure hands, sure hands are, are useful in those uh, contexts. Um, kick, I think we can both agree that that's quite dangerous on an elf team anyway, but I think with the movement eight cat- catchers and nerves of steel and stuff like that, you could even park yourself right next to the ball, ca- uh, the potential ball catcher, um, mm-hmm. and uh, hope that it lands in your uh, in your square. You're catching it on a three plus. Um, so yeah, I would uh, I would I would give that a whirl. Uh, there's, there's yeah, there's lots of there's lots of plus points here, um, but yeah, we're pr- fairly similar, I think. Yeah, well, we're we're approaching from a. A similar stance and aiming for similar things, but this is one of the first teams we've spoken about for uh, season two or season twenty twenty, where we're talking about the passing game and the sort of caging up style of play. Uh, because this is this is one of the one of the teams that can really really do it well. Yeah, I think passing passing is this team's. If any teams out of the entire thing have got a passing game, Elven Union are are the passing team. Yep. And the other thing I like about the Union team is the mixture of movement abilities. Uh, with your lino and your thrower on six, the blitzers on seven, and the catchers on eight. It's got a good, a good sort of spread of um, speed for your team. Yeah. And and you've got to. I guess you've got to look at your opponents as well, and if they're maybe not as experienced, because you don't you don't actually see Elf Union teams that that often, do you? You see them quite a lot in tournaments at the moment, but uh, on the tabletop and leagues, not so much. No, and, I, yeah. and it's one of the one of the, the problems with them is the uh, the longevity, um, because they're always. I mean, just so low armor in comparison um, to the other elf teams, um, yeah. um, and don't have some of the tools that the other elf teams that have low armor do, like wood elves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think I mean, you're constantly going to be facing up to lineman churn. I think, um, yeah. and I think 
I, it was one of the reasons why I went with a second thrower early, because um, it meant that the next purchase for me after an apple would be straight up a, a third catcher. Um, so even if I lost a lineman, I would be using a journeyman there um, in that position until I had enough saved in the bank uh, to give me enough to buy a catcher to replace it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think... Um, I, you're probably thinking, oh yeah, but I mean, yeah, we could do get into twelve players for this team. I don't see it happening. You're going to be playing with eleven players pretty much all the time. Yeah, I know. That's going to be the way of it. But... And journeyman probably every other game as well. Um, yeah. Just just because of the nature of the team. But I, I do think there's good things that you can do with them. I've seen I've seen them played really effectively as well. Um, and there are there are some good players in there the blitzers are great great players and the catchers are great as well and now the bump that the throwers have had over last uh edition is great you know i think mm-hmm. uh, in the context of the game you know obviously they've they've not got any worse uh, is what i'm meaning uh <laughs> with that uh, but, uh where some players have uh but yeah it's um it was an interesting one um yeah, well, it gets more interesting now that we migrate over to the um, tournament. Tournament yes. team. Yes. Da, da, da. So who was first with this? You again? Yeah, me again uh, for this Go one. For so as Al, big motherfucker. As Al mentioned at the start of the uh, rookie coaches section, we we look at um, TV eleven hundred uh, as per the NAF uh, tournament um, rules currently. Um, and these guys are tier two, which gives you access to six primary skills and one secondary skill. So I thought I would go down this route. Uh, two blitzers. Yep. Three ca- three catchers. Wow. Six linemen. So that gives me 11 players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Glorial Summer Bloom, the star mm-hmm. player. One reroll, one cheerleader for TV eleven hundred on the nose. Okay. Um, I'll go through skills after you've gone through your team. Yeah. I went for, I went for two blitzers, one catcher. Uh, two blitzers, one catcher, and then how many line is it? On two, for fuck's sake, eight linos. I also went for Glorial Summer Boom, Summer Bloom, Summer Boom, yeah, <laughs> Summer Boom, Glorial Summer Boom. Uh, but I went for two deals, two assistant coaches, two chief leaders for one point one. Okay. Okay, so not not completely out. out no, well, out we've both it. we've both went for Glorial, so let's let's just have a quick chat about her before we go into anything else. So the, if anybody's the, not not familiar yeah, with her, the common build for Elven Union used to include uh, um, Eldril Sidewinder all the time. Now I I had a look at Eldril. Uh, now Eldril's gone up by thirty k in the new. Uh, in Blood Bowl 2020 
so Louis is still a good player and still well worth that in my opinion um, it kind of meant that you were compromising too much I think on other areas so Gloriel's a good option um, so she's move 7 uh, strength 2 which is the only kind of real downside here um, AG 2 plus PA 2 plus AV 8 plus she's got accurate dodge loner 3 plus pass sidestep and sure hands and comes in at 150k and she's got a special rule called shot to nothing, which is once per game when she's performing a pass action, she may gain the Hail Mary pass skill. And you must declare that when the, it's being used when Gloriel is activated. Now, I mean, that was one of the reasons that neither of us, I guess, chose a thrower because she kind of does what the thrower does yes. better. Um, for, for well worth the money, in my opinion, as well. The accurate... Mm-hmm. Um, reduces obviously the uh, or increases the range that you can throw over. Pass gives you the reroll for for that throw. Sidestep and uh, dodge make her fairly survivable. Um, and sure hands means you don't need the reroll for picking up the ball. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think she's great. Yeah, for, uh, for, and for one hundred and fifty grand, absolutely. You know. Nice. Like, well, granted, that is uh, you know twice the price of your standard, your actual thrower, but she's twice as good. Yeah, so you could argue, yeah, you could have two throwers for, for the same price and run a thirteen-man uh, team. Uh, but um, but she's really good. Yeah, you can't get everything that she's got as a whole on the team in quite as good a package, I don't think. I mean, the movement, uh, the, the movement's good. Uh, the the edge and the passing are great. Um, the, the strength's a downside, but, I mean, you just you just got to protect her. Just, she's like a, um, a, a less move uh, gutter runner. You know, you're not really going to be uh, allowing hits. And having the 12 men in the team means you can even sort of decide on defence uh, not, not to field her. Um, mm-hmm. keep her off the pitch. Uh, although I think, I think that would pro- be a mistake. I, I think that'd be a mistake. Yeah. Um, I think for recovery and uh, and moving the ball yeah. away from uh, things, if you manage to pop it, I think skills. I think she's she's got it going on. Yeah, skills on the pitch, and you know she's. Yeah, let, let's 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 talk about the skills of the team. I think the I think the rookie coaches know the sort of path that we're on to, but. They should hear the skills for the rest of the players. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, so those six uh, primary and one secondary, um, for the blitzers, I would give one tackle and one strip ball. Um, For the catchers, all three of them would get skilled. I'd give two dodge and one wrestle. Um, So that's uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yep. And then I'd put two skills on linemen. I'd give one leader. So that's my secondary skill and one kick. So, yeah, leader getting bumping me up to that secondary role. Um, How do the line elves get leader? Is that not a passing skill? Oh, they don't get that as a secondary, do they? No. Okay, I would just give one of them uh, guard then because they get strength strength instead, isn't it? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I'd give one of them guard instead. Um, so yeah, why did I think they got uh, thingy? Maybe I'm thinking of the old version. Unknown, mate. I probably am. Unknown. I am. Um, yeah. Uh, so are. yeah, I would go. I'd go with guard uh, in that instance. Then yes. Okay. Uh, skill wise, for myself, then so I. I've got the two blitzers and the one catcher. So uh, the first blitzer I've given leader to because I do like having three rerolls. It's a you know it might I'm sure it's the difference between me being a average blood bowl player to being a good blood bowl player, but I I just prefer having three. Uh, the other blitzer has got tackle. The catcher. The one character that I've got has got block. I, I think I discussed that from the previous, from the from the league build. Um, I think block will keep him standing on his feet a bit more than dodgewood. And then the linos. There's four linos that get skilled. Excuse me. Uh, three of them get blocked, and one of them gets wrestle. And again, my thought process there is that if the, the passing game doesn't work, then I can produce a pretty strong cage and put Gloriel in the middle because she's got dodge and sure hands and sidestep. Yeah. In, in case it doesn't work or in case I need to protect her and move her up the pitch so that she can get a decent pass. Um, you know, so if you... The way I looked at this team, I'm almost running a, an offense and a defense together. The offensive pieces are the two blitzers and the catcher. They're pushing upfield, trying to work with each other. And then I've got a bunch of linos with block that are back there trying to you know, protect Gloriel until she whips her pass out. And then I try and score with that. That's, that's what's going on there. And I think that's why... I've focused on the, uh, you know, getting the two team rerolls plus the leader reroll. Yeah, I think my my worry for that is, I mean, you've only got the one catcher, so that guy's getting nailed. Anybody who knows what they're uh, what they're doing, um, sort of uh, game wise, is probably gonna probably gonna find a way to hit that. Um, yeah. I know it's got block. But one of the reasons I went with, um, with uh, dodge um, rather than block for them is that there's only a couple of teams that are going to be really heavy on tackle. Um, there might be one tackle piece uh, on a team for the most part. So dodge, dodge has got two. Dodge has always got kind of two reasons to have it, uh, and that's moving away from people, but also acting on defense. So it's kind of like a two for one, whereas block block requires you to kind of either be in base contact with somebody anyway and survive it. Um, yeah. I can, I can see merit in block as well. I just feel there's better for me personally, they get the way in the way I would play Mm-hmm. Uh, the Elf, Elven Union team, I would be looking to minimise contact and reposition and screen. 
um, all the time, rather than sort of uh, taking, uh, sort of trying to beat lumps out of people. I think my tactic for that might change if I was playing against um, stunties or something like that. But you're going to come up against, uh, I think, star players. If if the tournaments allow star players, of course, um, you're going to come up against star players quite a lot in the stunty teams as well. So mm-hmm. they're going to be rocking players that will obliterate your team either. I, I, I would be loath to, to put these guys in base contact much. And having the built-in rerolls, that's one of the reasons why I don't. I'm okay with being, in this case, down to one reroll, um, um, because I know I've got the built-in rerolls and dodging on the players that really kind of need it. Um, one's risky. I appreciate that. When I thought, thinking about it, I can see, I can see an argument for taking the strip ball off the um, the second blitzer and putting leader on there. Um, Rather than kind of uh, and getting the second reroll in mind, um, mm-hmm. and that would be an option uh, for sure. Um, I do, having said that, I do like the guard on the lineman. Actually, it gives me a a, a bit of hitting power for blitzes. Um, I mean, rookie coaches all remember. Rookie coaches all remember. I've, I've said in the past, and I, I still hold to it that I hate seeing a playing piece that's got guard but doesn't have block just it's just an invite for getting killed so that that's a that's a straight uh, kind of um what you want to do is you, you have to be very considerate uh, uh, considerate about where you take your blitz from and where that player goes um and i think you can protect them um if you know what you're doing um, to a point where they shouldn't be getting that many hits against them. Uh, mm. But yes, it is a risk. It is a risk. But so is putting leader on a player. Uh, I know you can't in that context, but putting leader on a uh, player without block or what have you, uh, or dodge, oh, I'll, I'll unless they're high armour. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people put it on a thrower. Um, so like on the Wood Elf team, yeah, you'll get, you you'll get a, a thrower. You put it on a thrower, but you don't tend to find them trying to get involved in kicking the shit out of the other team, do you? No, but I mean, it's easy to, to then hunt down that thrower and, and remove their leader reroll for the next uh, half. Um, so and then you've lost TV uh, that way as well. So there is, yeah, so there is an argument for, for that for sure. Um, would I be going after the guard guy? Um, yes, against my team, yeah. Yeah, against your right. team, against your team, I'd be hunting down that catcher and murdering it because after that's gone, you've not got masses of, uh, you've not got as much speed. That's the that's the one thing my roster's got over yours is um, mm-hmm. more speed and more um, outlets for the ball when you're moving it. Um, I could, if I had all three of my catchers in my opponent's half. They can only hit one of them, and they can base up two of them. I'm still catching on a two-plus for Nerves of Steel, and I've got dodge built in uh, for at least one of them that they can't hit uh, with the with the skill set that I've chosen. So unless the dice d- defeat me, I've probably scored in those circumstances. Yeah. 
you can't you can't hang your team out like that as easily. No. If you so if you're going for the two turn, uh, which is very achievable with an Elvin, an Elvin Union team. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be able to find that as easy as I would. Uh, with that one, yeah. Yeah, it's, but, a, it's a tricky one, Ricky coaches. But there's uh, there's uh, definitely kind of like having the extra rerolls makes a difference there because you can burn a reroll on on a dodge in that instance. You know, if you've still got them. Um, so yeah, I mean, there is there is ways around it for both sides um, it's a difficult one because I don't think I don't think there's a an easy there's, there's not masses of alternatives there I think star players wise everything else is just not really worth it I don't know if you had a look through all the star players as well I did uh, I did for this one I mean rookie coaches will, will look back and or listen back to our um, previous podcasts and currently I hardly ever produce a star player in a in a tournament team. So this is one of the first times I've done it and I had a good look and you know you know, you'd you'd love to put Eldril in, but he's just too expensive. Or you, you have to yeah. sacrifice too much to get him. Yeah, I think I think you end up uh, with him as your only catcher effectively. Um yep. which once again, I mean he's a good player and he's got a lot going for him but he becomes an insta target and with what he's got with his um, hypnotic gaze and stuff that's the sort of player that you end up having to shove next to somebody um, because you're hypnogazing them and then the hypnogaze fucks up and uh, that guy gets absolutely butt fucked the next turn mm-hmm. um, and that's you lost 230k's worth of, uh, yeah. of talent um, but yeah. I think I was surprised at Gloriel because I mean I, I was looking through the um, the star players and I was thinking oh there's there's some really good ones available to them like the um, Roxy's great I mean I know she was shit for me as Amazon's but she is a great star player and I have seen a Swift Twins build as well uh, with the Elven Union side um, which I think would work really well, but you can literally just end you end up with the Swift Twins and uh, uh, eleven line elves. Effectively, I think was what it ends up as. Um, but uh, and they're great, but I don't think it's worth kind of going down that route. But the others, I mean, there's so many other ones in there that just are pointless for this team. You know, like yeah, like Willow Rosebark. Uh, she's she's horseshit anyway. Yeah, looked at that and it's like, oh yeah, hundred and fifty. Mm, no, because you yeah, I mean, on you go. Yeah, no, I mean you're right. I mean you're looking for synergies with players, but that's uh, it. Yeah, star players, and she's got no synergy with the team at all. Yeah, I mean, sort yeah, of sitting and trying to soak stuff up on the line, um, which I mean, even then she's not particularly. <laughs> Amazing for. Um, I don't think she gives. Uh, I don't think she gives an, enough options. And then you, your other option, Zug as well, isn't it? Uh, not Zug. Uh, Helmet Wolf, rather. Um, yeah, but, but we universally what, pan him. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think this is a team that you take a chainsaw player on. Well, and it's again though. It's synergies. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. Um, so. 
rookie coaches currently with the, the field of star players. Um, Gloria Summer Bloom is the the lady for it. And GW, of course, produce a miniature. And you can see a picture of that miniature on page 130 of the rule book. She needs a uh, fucking haircut. She does, but I think it's a pretty damn good miniature. I like it. It is a good miniature. I, I will admit that, but um, that hair is excessive. Yeah, she suffers from Roxy hair. Yeah. They're probably sisters twice removed. Uh, some weird thing. Anyway, talking about toy soldiers being sisters, it's fucking silly. Um, winning a tournament. Uh, I, think, I I think that I think if you get, I mean, this maybe isn't the rule set for them uh, necessarily to win, but I think if you got a decent set of uh, uh, skill packages that kind of varied around that, or maybe a little bump up in uh, in money, so you could choose a couple of different, like an extra re-roll again on top of that or something. I think on this rule set, maybe a 7 or an 8. You see, I went for a strong 6 or a weak 7 yeah. on this rule set. I mean, I've I've played against... I've played in two, uh, in two tournaments where they've won um, fairly recently. Mm-hmm. I was not like in the last year because obviously there's been fuck all tournaments in there. Uh, but um, yeah, two two tournaments uh, in the last two years uh, that um, that they've won. So I think that I think that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good effort. Um, but I'll I'll stick with my week seven. You know, if the rookie coaches are, are out to win, as Phil said, you know, we, we stick to the, the 2020 NAV rule set so that there's some consistency in our conversations and it'd be a week seven. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I would go like a, a sort of strong seven, a week eight, uh, if I was uh, putting it in the same terms as you. But yeah, I think we could uh, we could both say like a seven's a possibility. Um, mm-hmm. You will see you will see a couple of them floating up around the sort of top tables, I think in in the right tournaments and scenarios. Um, yeah, I, I I was surprised um, surprised I enjoyed like you I enjoyed putting the team together for these guys. Yeah, so was I. It was really nice. I mean, I know we've had a a bit of a run with teams that have been quite difficult to to put together. I know that the, the lizard team was. You know, back in episode um, 11 was quite a dry team to play with. The Goblins, I think, had just a little bit too much going on yeah. within their own roster. But then they lacked the access to all the, the variety of star players that we were used to from, from 2016. Yeah. So we couldn't really put the cool tournament rosters together. Um, whereas the Elf Union, their evolution into Blood Bowl Season 2 2020... Uh, I don't think they've lost. They haven't lost anything, or anything they've lost, they've gained in other places. So, I think the magic's still there for them. Which you know, I, 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 I think coaches should give them a whirl. Yeah, I think in context, they definitely haven't been given a bump, but they've no. been they've not been nerfed nerfed in the same way that a lot of the other teams have. Mm-hmm. So they've they've kind of I think they've moved up the pecking order. 
there's still probably, if you look at the grand scheme of things, there's still probably the worst elf team. Um, oh, yeah, they, they still deserve to be in tier two, that's for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, um, they're, you could argue that they've definitely got better, for sure, uh, in, the, in the, the current meta, I think. Um, yeah, no, good, good team, good team. Cool. So, rookie coaches um, away and enjoy playing with the Elf Union team. Uh, I think miniature-wise, the Games Workshop plastic box set is actually quite good for, for what it does. Um, I don't know if you've ever looked at any sort of third-party miniatures, Phil? Um, for Elf Union? Well, the Grebo um, team can be run. So you can buy that um, as an Elf, Elven Union version. Uh, effectively, um, I think so. They look okay, but I mean, I I really like the uh, the GW ones. I think they look cause obviously Elven Union team is supposed to be a mishmash of all the different uh, elf flavors, and I think they've got a kind of feel for that in amongst yep. them. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I like the face masks. Um, they don't look overly kind of frilly. I know they're they're a bit of a bitch to put together. I think the GW ones, but uh, but yeah, they look they look nice. I think I, I would be happy enough buying the GW ones with those. Yeah. No, well, that's pretty cool. So rookie coaches, as we mentioned earlier, uh, both myself and Phil picked up a copy of the new Death Zone um, what would you call it expansion book yeah uh, so just uh, I mean it is literally a uh, an expansion book yeah I think that's probably the best way to term it so I know we've um, we've only really had it in our hands for about oh, 24 hours and I haven't exactly had a lot of free time to do a huge amount of reading or um pawing uh, through it, but there's one section that I think a lot of coaches um, should spend a little bit of time thinking about, and that is, uh, it starts on page 40 and page 41, the fabulous freebooters, expanded rules for mercenary players. Yes. So, Phil, do you want to give it a quick, give it a quick overview? Just for so the, basi- so for the yeah, so ba- coaches. Basically, so you can in the standard rules, you can hire mercs, um, and there's a, a cost bump, and you can add one skill uh, for an additional cost bump on that. Um, it was always a kind of easier way to like maybe get a dirty player or something like that if you were uh, on a team that was that way inclined and thought that was the best way to get removals, or uh, just to, uh, to like for a dwarf team, a merc death roller or something like that is a, is not necessarily a bad thing but yes um they've expanded that a little bit so uh they've reduced the amount of them that you can take uh so it's now zero to three um it's worth saying that these rules are optional and they make that very clear but it's pretty much through the entire book uh, that none of these rules are like what they would consider core rules um, they're all optional stuff, um, and that's something that Al and I will probably talk about a little bit when we're chatting about this for uh, for obvious reasons. Um, 
So, um, they've, like I said, they've reduced the amount you can take. You can take zero to three, uh, but they've split it out so you've got like um, different different types of uh, of merc players. So you can take uh, zero to two stunty superstars. You've got zero to two legendary linemen. Uh, you've got zero to one brutal blockers and zero to two reliable ringers and zero to one bona fide big guys. And they've got these things where you've got like a base cost uh, and sort of base stats for each of these things. And then you've also got the option to add like skill packages or additional skills or character or bump characteristics up um, for additional costs. Um, and some of these are kind of linked to the keywords that uh, that are in the uh, teams, uh, along with the teams now. So if you play for a particular team, you can get um, additional trait packages or additional access to characteristic improvements and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's been contentious. Uh, there's been a lot of whining about it and moaning about it um, on the Blood Bowl community page and stuff. Um, I think Al and I have got differing opinions on this. Uh, we do, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's the one little thing we did have a quick, a quick pre-chat about before we started recording the podcast. So, yeah, I mean, on on first on first thoughts, I don't have a problem with it in the grand scheme of things. It's not horrendously broken. My only problem with it is I feel that it can be totally metagamed. Um, and I would, if I, as I am a league commissioner, I would want to be trying this out in some sort of um, test event or something like that uh, to see how it went, uh, to see how much of a difference it, it would make as to whether I included it as an option, as a sort of available, available thing in its entirety in the league that I run. Um, what about you, Al? I've always been, uh, okay, it's optional, so you can either include it or not. Um, and it's important for, I guess, for the rookie coaches to, to listen, when, that are listening, that we're only talking about league play for this. That's correct, yeah? Well, we're, we're, I mean, not, see, we're not talking about tournament play. You say that, but I mean, I could, I could see, like, a, I would quite happily run a tournament uh, that um, everybody had to include a legendary lineman mark in their team, and that would, I could see that being quite a fun thing to to do. Um, but yeah it's more aimed at leagues i think is what, what you're kind of getting at there which is i agree well, with if we're talking about leagues i think this is really good to include as exactly as it's written just let it let it play and you know you're talking about it being meta games or power games and you know these these mercenaries are, are bought during the inducement phase Yes. So you you still need to have a deficit to your opponent in terms of team value, and if you're willing to spend that deficit on mercenary players as opposed to you know all the other new um, 
inducements that you can get access to within this book and, and already that already exist, then I would say go for it. Absolutely go for it. Why not? You know, I know that we we were joking about, you know, you can get a little stunty player because, uh, you know, you can you can decrease some of their um, stat lines to reduce the cost, and then you can purchase uh, basic skills. But you can get you know cheap little sneaky get dirty players, you know, for reasonable cost of like you know sixty or seventy thousand gold pieces, and induce them into your team. That, that's one path to think about it. You know, there's another path though. If you were, if if you can, if your league is full of the right sort of people, I know this is going to be a real stretch, and a lot of listeners will think, you know, I'm smoking a lot of crack, thinking that there's lots of nice, happy, fun players out there. But if there are, and if you can talk to your your league players to think that, why don't they try and induce players? You know. I'm going to say induce players from other teams, but from previous teams that they've had. Um, I've, I've misplaced my notes, Phil, and I'm really sorry. I did, uh, in the League of Extraordinary Linemen, I have just created a Agility 5 uh, Wrestle Leap Line Elf, who should be pretty cool until he dies. I know there'll be a big joke about it in a couple of episodes time when he's dead, but um, I created him. I created him in this league, in this mercenary pack. Can't remember where the bloody note is now. So if if in, you know, future leagues I decided to, you know, play a dwarf team um and I got a big inducement, I could induce this guy in. And he would be that player that I had, you know, in another team and he's just turned up to, to play a game. Uh, I think taking in the right spirit it's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that um, logic um, at all. But the only, the only kind of feeling I have with this is like, this is a, this is like a definite leveler. Whereas a lot of the previous inducements that you can get are, they might make things a little bit better for you in a game, um, but you're generally still going to. On, for most circumstances, you're still going to lose against a higher TV team, and I don't, I don't have a problem with that. If somebody's got a better team, this isn't a balanced game. Um, I don't have a problem with the higher TV team winning, and I don't think we need to necessarily be making it. Uh, so, <sighs> flipped round the other way. So if I was a lower TV team, and you've got somebody. So say you're you've got a lizard man team and even worst case scenario your crocs has been uh, uh taken out of the game uh for a thing uh, and you've got a little bit of inducements. Am I going to induce a block frenzy animal savagery and claws prehensile tail uh, mutated uh player? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's just coming in at uh, 190k. Yeah. It's interesting. I guess it's interesting that our conversations deviated a little bit away from this book, or it might be just because I'm about to deviate it. But 
what you're saying there is what you were saying before about higher TV teams are more likely to win even based upon inducements. Yeah. And and you were okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I've never I've never been okay with that, that the inducements cannot bridge the gap to provide you some form or a closer form of game. I'm not saying they won't bridge the uh, they don't bridge the gap. They definitely make it closer. And they can and, definitely and still win you, they can definitely still win you a game. Like we've all been shot up by the opponent's wizard, uh, despite yeah. our team being significantly better than the other team that we're playing against. I've lost to a rookie team uh, uh, that's had a wizard and a star player. And it's just, you can't do anything if, if all that's going right. And I think it's good to have that in the game. And don't get me wrong. And that does happen in the game. Because we've all been on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm. All the games don't need to be balanced, though. And I think the problem with the marks from my side is it's starting to kind of creep towards that, where it's not, not okay for somebody uh, for there to be a little bit uh, of an imbalance in there. It's that, that, that's it's, the worry. It's it's almost as though we're only talking about the imbalance of winning and losing the game. There's the other outcome, though, is if you encounter a, a well-developed team with your new H team, that they just destroy your pieces and they destroy your players, and you end up with all these um, you know niggling injuries and permanent injuries and actual people dying simply because you cannot. You can't sustain the the hits that they're taking. You know, if it's a so yeah, if it's a yeah. if it's a well developed chaos dwarf team, and all those little you know short hairy bastards on the front line have got block and claw, um, you know, and, and I've guard. had that team before, and guard Absolutely. and mighty blow, yeah. they'll just tear you a new one, and you know, you had sort of two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand gold pieces to spend, and inducement. And it, no matter what you spent on, it would never, it would never be enough to take that uh, damage. Think, to be fair, I think in those in those contexts, this isn't going to make much difference in that respect either. It's the ones that are a bit more, um, a bit closer, because a game against a game like that with a rookie team, you're probably going to come up against uh, like more than just this, more than one mark potentially. Uh, mm-hmm. I still don't think like a kill team is still a kill team at the end of the day. That'll chew through a a, a higher TV team um, on a good day as well. You know, it's uh, it, it's 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 the thing as well though, and you know it's why I'm happy to see the Merc players getting a, a do over and an increase in their usability. Is that there was never any extra. Um, bonus or incentive to lower TV teams to play the bigger TV teams. You know, there was always, you know, always heard, you know, people drinking, having a chat after after the tournament or after a league, sorry, a league um, night when you said, oh, look, when the team value difference is so big, it would be really good for the underdog to get like an extra MVP or, you know, an extra D6 worth of D6 worth of 10,000 gold pieces or, or some sort of extra incentive to um, counteract that horrific mauling that they're probably going to get. Uh, you know, and there's, there's no mechanic like that. And the only time or the only game system I can ever remember it in was the 
first edition of Necromunda. When you got, a, I think it was called the Giant Killer bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. Introduce something like that. Don't, don't do a complete 180. I mean, I'm. Do you know the, the worst thing here would be playing against a reasonably, high, uh, reasonably well skilled dark elf team or wood elf team um, that's got enough inducements to be able to induce a um, big guy with claw. <laughs> you know, do, do they need that? You know, like uh, what, what was going to be a fairly reasonably even game uh, at that point, and they might get a wizard which may crap out uh, has suddenly turned into whatever your team, whatever the opponent's team is going to be playing, is going to have some big guy chewing through their their team while their um, high agility players are waltzing around fucking off with the ball. You know, I just don't. That's the sort of that's the sort of area where I, I see it having the more more of a kind of ridiculously negative impact. Like, don't get don't get me wrong. I, I don't think this is a bad thing in its entirety, and I agree with you. Having some sort of um, bump to the the way and uh, marks are induced and what's available to them is probably a good thing in 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 in, in its actuality. But um, there's too much. And there's too much that they can get uh, that, that that makes a difference here. Yeah. But you can get a mutation on a legendary, legendary lineman. They're available to any team, and you can get a mutation on a legendary lineman. So for 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 eighty for eighty gold pieces, you can get a legendary lineman with claw. You know. For 110 gold pieces, you can get a legendary lineman with claw and mighty blow. Mm-hmm. I know they don't stack in the same way that they used to, but yeah, I just it's it's just uh, it seems like they've seen a void of you know this when we talked about star players earlier on. There's been a void of star players that have left because they don't have the miniatures for them. And somebody's decided that this is a particularly easy way to include um, things that people have maybe kitbashed previously. And yeah, I think that's pretty, yeah. pretty cool to an extent. You know, like I've got a flint churn blade and... Uh, uh, Boomer Isaiason and Barrack um, Fire Blast models that I've uh, kitbashed. I could use all of them now under these rules, I think. To assert, yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's good. I've, I can use the models I've spent time kitbashing. But I, I don't know. There's, 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 for me, there's, there's, too big a downside to this to be an instant include in the league that I run. 
without a bit of testing. Yeah. I would want to see people use it. Yeah, I, think I mean, that's, that's pretty I much what I said. Yeah. Use it. Just go on with it. Um, you know, let, let the internet have its meltdown. And uh, But I think in league play, I think more interesting and exciting rules to make it fun um, should be the way forward for it. Uh, you know, I, I, sometimes you feel like you, when you say the word fun, it's like a, a bad word. Uh, but you're allowed to have fun when you play when you play games. Um, you know, we don't have to talk about fun when we talk about tournaments. That could be different, but <laughs> I think playing, playing but, in a league should be fun. But, but to the same degree with that, you know, if you've created a team that specifically, ta- uh, sorry, a player that's specifically tailored to obliterate your opponent's team, that's only going to be fun for one of those two players. It's not going to yeah. be fun for both of them. So that that's the that's the downside there. Whereas, like, yeah, fuck. I mean, if you get hit by a wizard, it's it's still shit. I mean, you might lose to that, but ultimately the likelihood of you having your team murdered in those circumstances is fairly slim. Um, like if you've got, if you've developed a really high TV team and your team's great and it's been doing brilliantly and you're, you're enjoying playing with it and you're maybe not winning all your games, but you're getting a decent uh, win percentage through. And then some chucklehead decides they're going to murder, death, kill your entire team. Uh, by choosing the specific foil for that particular team and it working every turn for 16 turns, that player is not going to be happy. Mate, I don't have an answer for you. You know, that, that's that's my worry, you know, for, for games like that. Um, everybody can take a wizarding. Uh, having their team removed and that's one of the reasons why like, although I don't necessarily agree that the claw and mighty blow uh, synergy needed to be removed, that was one of the reasons why I was happy when piling on went uh, because it sort of really kind of clamped down on the high TV or clamped further down on the high TV kill teams, uh, which is one of the worst things about Blood Bowl yes, players need to die and there needs to be a bit of churn on that and it's a violent game, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but a lot of people play, especially in leagues, play to have um, fun and build their team, and it's their RPG kind of style feel to, to the game. To have somebody who has no... Who, who maybe doesn't even maybe beat your team. It's maybe a draw, but your team has been chewed through completely just because of one inducement rather than their team being good or their co- the coach of that team being good would just be shit. Uh, I think that, that, that would, that would suck for that person. Uh, I think that's my only, that's my only concern with it really is that sort of style of play. And that's where the meta comes in. I'm not wholly against it. I just feel it's a bit, a bit skewed. And was was unnecessary to the extent that it is at the moment. Which uh, is a shame. It's, it's a good idea. For me, I like the look of it, and can't wait to um, get some use on the tabletop. And I think 
For the rookie coaches listening, I would say that the Death Zone, the ultimate liberal companion, is a must-buy from whoever you deem as your local supplier, if that's a friendly local gaming store. For myself, it was elementgames.co.uk. Uh, where did you get yours from, Phil? Uh, Dark Sphere is my uh, place of choice for most things. Cool. Uh, so, but I, I totally agree with you. Death Zone's a, a good book. Yep. Uh, there's some nice stuff in there. Other than the Mercs things, the Sevens rules look uh, pretty good. That's a yeah. optimization of the Sevens rules that were sort of popularized in, uh, in NAF uh, alternatives. There's some good match events there. There's some nice weather tables. I can see me using weather tables potentially at a tournament as well. Yeah. Uh, for a bit of uh, flavor to that, there's ball rules. There's basically it's a lot of the stuff that was in the um, almanacs and the previous two death zones and uh, some of the spikes that uh, introduced individual kind of yeah. things like the giant well, and stuff like that. Well, it's good why don't we? Why don't we make a wee commitment to the listeners? We'll we'll talk about another section of um, Death Zone in the next episode. Uh, we could do, yep, just for a laugh, you know. As we've we've got we've always got a little bit of time. We can talk about weather. We can talk about your balls or anything else you like. Yeah, I I think uh, I think the listeners should go away and read the World of Blood Bowl section. Uh, themselves, so mm-hmm. it's about sort of fourteen pages or thereabouts of the lore, and if they can come away and tell me what they can see in there and what they can't see in there, probably more importantly, in the text, in the context of what's there, I think that might cause. I'm surprised that hasn't caused a bit of uh, contention in the uh, in the old. Uh, internet community so far well, I, I haven't read anything I haven't read it yet so I'll discuss um, offline offline with you um, cool. but yeah there's some there's some fun stuff in there as well so with with that being all said and done we can um, finish off the podcast and uh, we can lie again to our <laughs> listeners about our best endeavours yes um how about you go first for your best endeavours this time, then? Okay. Well, I think, and you will correct me if I'm wrong, we're a little bit out of sync in our recording schedule, so we'll be recording another episode sooner yeah. than normal. Yeah, that's right. So there's going to be a little bit less time. Um, so I don't think I don't think I'll get that much done in the next couple of weeks. So I think the best I can commit to as I'll have the test bust complete, uh, or at least to a, to a level where I'm satisfied that the that the the painting the color scheme I've selected will work, and I don't know how I'm going to approach these elves in terms of am I going to block in a lot of color first, or am I actually going to oh. I might actually paint them in batches, like three at a time, and take them to completion. Mm, that's a tricky one. Oh, fuck, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I won't know until I actually start painting them. Um, I'll have the test bus done, 
and I reckon if I can just say I've started, if I can say I've started the other team, I'll be good. Uh, in terms of the Babylon Five spaceships, uh, I reckon I should have them finished um, by the next episode. Uh, I should have them finished and sold by the next episode. Uh, I should have the Imperial Nobility team sold by the next episode. And I think I should be looking around to build. I should be looking around to build something else by that point. I'm not going to overcommit though. I'm not going to overcommit. Uh, in terms of money, well, filming, I don't really need anything, so I'm not going to spend any money. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a liar. Yep. I'm, oh, actually, fuck. I've already lied. Me, I have already lied. I. The only way I can get out of this lie is if I don't win the two bids on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bidding on uh, two sets of Babylon 5, um, uh, what do you call them, uh, rule books for the, there was two scales of miniature space battleships. There was Babylon 5 Wars, and then there was Babylon 5 A Call to Arms, and one of them was a fleet based, which was a call to arms, and Babylon 5 Wars was more sort of, um, you know, two or three capital ships fighting it out, so it was a bit more zoomed in, and I have got 95% of the rule books they released for Babylon 5 Wars, uh, and somebody's selling a couple of packs, sort of collections of Babylon 5 call to arms, which I never planned on buying. But this person's selling. They've got two. They've got two eBay lots. One is the the core rulebook and like the fleet lists, and then the second bundle they've got is like three expansion books. It's like, well, you've you've bundled them together for me to buy, so I'll bid on them. Um, so if I win them, then I've already lied. But if I lose them, then I haven't spent anything because I don't need to spend any money for. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see where you get to with that then. I'm, I've, I've not got high hopes for you being uh, mm-hmm. not on the naughty step again. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, I um, I'm not sure what, what I'm going to get done painting wise in the next uh, three weeks or whatever it is. Hopefully finish that Marauder Giant off. Like I said, I've not got far to go with that. Um, that would be a good one to get finished and varnished and stuff. Um, but other than that, like, I'll probably get started on uh, the Lizard Man team. I'd like to get the Black Orcs finished, but um, I'm still not sure what I'm going to do with that yet. So well, let's all watch this space. Um, as far as buying stuff goes... I said last time, I, I can't think of it. Uh, there's anything that's coming that I might want to buy, but that was a lie last time as well. Uh, so it depends very much on what's being released. I've always got my eye on stuff, and there's there's about four or five different things that I, from previous uh, um, versions of Warhammer and stuff, uh, that I would like to get my hands on. Uh, that I'm always looking for on eBay, so there's there's always the op- uh, opportunity for one of those to sort of end up in my hands. Uh, yeah. Like, but um, I'm no real intentions to 
to spend are they massive amounts on new stuff so to speak I guess it really depends on what the next Blood Bowl related thing is because we've had um, we've had deaths fairly recently in the spike and then uh, for the Imperial Nobles and Black Orcs and then the the separate Black Orc and Imperial Noble releases and stuff but I'm sure they're just about round, they must be around the corner for previewing something uh, fairly soon uh, in the next couple of weeks Um I would have thought, given the way uh, that they usually work, I know they've had their scheduling and stuff like that screwed by Mm -hmm. uh, COVID and stuff, but um, I would like to see a new team. And I think if a new team came out, I would probably end up buying that um, and the spike that goes along with it. Um, But yeah, you never know. never know with these things um, at all. So hopefully I won't spend lots of money, but like you, I probably will. <laughs> like a doubt. Yep. Yep. Well, with that all being said and done, thank you everybody for listening to episode 13 of Two Guys, One Dice Cup. Uh, Blood Bowl is bad for your elf. Uh, as always, we would really, really like to hear some feedback um, from our listeners. If you've used any teams that we've suggested or spoken about or if there's anything specific that you think we we should be talking about for you to listen about, um, so please get in touch. Uh, there is one sad thing that I have to announce, though. Um, all the way back in episode one, both myself and Phil said that uh, if anybody wanted any of our soiled underwear, that you should just ask. It's really sad to say that we've now reached episode 13 and nobody has gotten contact with us. Um, that, that saddens me, mate. Fuck, we've, we, so, sorry, this just dawned on me. Uh, we've reached episode 13, so we've been at this ship for a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a full year. This is effectively our anniversary show, and yep. you didn't get me anything. No. No, I fuck didn't. You, Al. I, in, fuck in you, Al. In the same way that you got me, fuck all as well. Uh, yeah, sorry, glass houses, etc., etc. Um, yeah. Oh, yep. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll have some sort of competition or something like that during the month, next month. I think so. Let's let's um, watch, watch this space on the Facebook. Exactly. All right. Take care, everybody. Take it easy. So what's what's the what's the chat and the fluff and the lore? What's what's there? What's not there? Oh, so right. So if you're reading through it, um, it's great. So they've got they split it out into sections about what what areas of people are. They've got so they've got the realms of men, and they mention like all the shit in there, like um, Kislev, Bretonia, even as well, uh, Talia, Estalia, usual shit. Uh, which is fine. That's all cool. Um, they, they've got a special place for the Empire. And so they, they mention Imperial nobility separately, and they're mentioning Bretonians. So Bretonians still exist in the world of Blood Bowl. And, it, says, right. and it's, it even says the Blood Bowl teams of Bretonia are proud in the extreme, consisting, as they do, almost entirely of knightly nobles. So that that's a that's a weird one. Um, they, they cover the Halfling Moot, Norska, uh, World's Edge, and 
um, Athol Lauren. So that's in the kind of good guys sort of section. In the Darklands, they mention, uh, which is in the Beyond the Old World, they mention Chaos Dwarves. So they're, they, they kind of, in a Blood Bowling context, uh, Chaos Dwarves have proven capable of fielding many fine Blood Bowl teams. Um, unstoppable momentum of Bull Centaurs, Minotaurs. So we're, we're probably definitely going to see a, a Chaos Dwarf team. Mm-hmm. Um, Badlands, so that's Orc-related stuff. Land of the Dead. So this is one where I f- there's, a, there's a, an omission. There's no mention of vampires in there at all. Yep. Even in the slightest. I mean, they mentioned Kemri um, and, uh, and Numas in there. Um, they don't mention... In fact, they don't mention um, vamps in the Realms of Men thing either in terms of um, like border princes or anything like that. Uh, so vamps have been kind of like, glossed over here. Uh, they go over Alfuan and uh, Nagaroth, so they met, and they quite heavily mention high elves in here. Mm-hmm. So we can assume that high elves are turning up. Lustria, they mention exclusively lizard men. They don't even mention a single thing about Amazons. So they're completely omitted from from this. Completely. Yeah. And then they cover the chaos wastes and stuff like that as well. So I think the omissions of, of vampires and and, uh, and Amazons, I mean, you could read too much into that, but I mean, the fact that they're mentioning so much other stuff and yeah. they're not mentioning them means that they're either, they're close in terms of release um, and they'll get like a decent amount of lore in their fluff things or they've just not they're not considering them at all um so yeah i find that a bit a bit a bit interesting interesting one yeah the mentioning the bretonians in there as well in a blood bowl context was a big thing because obviously everybody assumes that the imperial nobles have replaced bretonians but they're dealt with distinctly as the Imperial Nobles being an empire team and Bretonia has got its own paragraph Um, so it's quite quite cool I'm surprised nobody else has picked up on that yet that's the sort of thing that normally sets uh, nerd rage off yeah 